Hello, and welcome to the second episode of the Foot Features podcast series. I'm John Turner, head of the middle school here at Foot, and I'm glad to have you with us for a chat with Jake Burt, fifth grade teacher. Jake Burt is in his eighth year of teaching at Foot, having joined Adam Solomon and Jim Adams on our robust fifth grade team in 2011. Every child who goes through fifth grade at Foot will absolutely swear that their teacher is the best of the bunch, and Jake's students know him as someone who makes learning fun but who also places a great deal of importance on writing and writing well. The many ways we know Jake expanded in the fall of 2017 when his first young adult novel, Greetings from Witness Protection, was published to wide acclaim. It has won a number of awards and has become a favorite of young readers, librarians, and teachers across the country. Jake's second book, The Right Hook of Devin Velma, came on the scene last month, and his third book, The Tornado, is in production with an expected release in October of 2019. I'm glad to have Jake join me today, and with any luck, we'll help you get to know him even better through our conversation. Welcome, Jake. Thank you, John. Jake, I wonder if you can start out by just talking a little bit about how you came to teach at Foot School. Yeah, absolutely. So in 2010, uh, my family moved from North Carolina. We lived in the Raleigh-Durham area there. Moved up to New Haven. Um, my wife got a job at Yale, and I was the trailing spouse, as they say. Uh, so as she uh, started to get entrenched in her new position, um, I decided to start looking for uh, teaching positions around here. However, we arrived too late uh, to um, really put in applications for positions that would allow me to start at the beginning of the year. So we figured the best plan would be to go to various schools in the area that were like my previous school down in North Carolina. I, I worked at Ravenscroft School, which is a wonderful, huge independent school. Uh, down there. And so I looked at various other independent schools in the New Haven, uh, Hamden area and uh, put in my name to be a substitute teacher. And very quickly I got the call from foot school and uh, started substituting uh, pretty much every day at foot uh, that year. And as a result got to know the faculty, got to know the fifth grade team in particular because one of their teachers uh, was out fairly frequently because she was about to have a baby. And so the classroom that I am in now, uh, my classroom, uh, was the one that I subbed in more than any other classroom that year. And then uh, that same teacher, uh, after she uh, had her child, her husband got a job in California and they moved out there, which left a fifth grade opening. And uh, I, of course, applied and was fortunate enough to get in there, probably because I had insider information since I had been working with the team so, uh, so closely anyway. Awesome. Can you take us a little further back? How did you discover teaching? How did you come to um, be here? Not in sort of the natural or conventional way. I didn't major in education as an undergrad or anything like that. I did the Teach for America program uh, back in 2000 to 2002. And right out of undergrad, my undergraduate major was um, medieval English history and uh, medieval literature. And so uh, I wanted to get into education, but uh, knew I needed to do it in some sort of lateral fashion. And Teach for America was the, was the way I decided to do that. They placed me in rural North Carolina. Uh, and I was a sixth grade science and social studies teacher at, uh, at Southern Nash Middle School in Nash County, North Carolina. Uh, really enjoyed that. It was exhausting. I'd get home uh, at 8 o'clock every night and usually fall asleep on the carpet right inside the uh, door, uh, which I think is a fairly universal experience for first-year teachers. Uh, but uh, no matter how exhausted I was, every day I was energized and I was enthusiastic about getting up the next day and seeing my kids. 
And so decided even after my Teach for America tenure was over that I would continue teaching. And since then, I've taught in China. I've taught, uh, uh, been a third grade associate. I've taught fourth grade. I've taught sixth grade. Uh, and, uh, and then finally fifth grade. And uh, that's where I am now. So why fifth grade? It's, it's certainly the opportunity you have here, but you were in fifth grade at Ravenscroft as well. Fifth yeah. grade, tell me about it. Uh, fifth grade is, for me, the ideal age uh, to teach. You, you, you can ask any teacher in any classroom. They, they will tell you sort of colloquially, oh, I couldn't teach any other grade other than the one I'm in right now. Uh, and, and I was in a kindergarten classroom teaching kindergarten for just a few weeks as a sort of stopgap for a school um, before the full-time uh, teacher took over there. And uh, I enjoyed it, uh, but uh, I can tell you very honestly, I wasn't very good at it. Uh, I did a lot more learning in that classroom than the students in that classroom did. Uh, so it was um, uh, good for me to be able to transition back up to fifth grade, which is more my wheelhouse. And the sort of pat answer I give about why fifth grade is that they're old enough to get my sense of humor, but young enough to believe in magic. Uh, and, and that can be expanded to you know, the sense that they are still uh, lower schoolers in a lot of ways. They're still elementary school students with all that entails, but they're looking forward to and beginning to uh, sort of creep up to that middle school mindset. And it's just a really special time uh, to be able to work with kids. They, they've gone past learning how to read and now they're reading to learn. Uh, and that's, that allows you to do a lot more textual stuff with the students the level of math that they're working on and the, the complexity of the algorithms allows you to play some really neat games and do some interesting stuff there. Uh, and then their, their senses of humor, their writing, their ability to express themselves uh, is all great. Uh, and in addition to all of that, my sense of humor is that of a 10-year-old. So that works out pretty well. What, what would you say your favorite part of the fifth grade year is? We have many, many amazing moments, really standout moments. Uh, and uh, in addition to all the awesome little things that happen each and every day, uh, getting to read their writing, uh, read aloud with the kids, um, even recess duty when I, I get the chance to play games with the kids, those are all great. But our sort of big standout moments, my favorites are our trip to nature's classroom. It's a three-day, two-night camping trip. Uh, we just finished that actually in mid-October and that's a, a great time because it gives me a chance to learn a little bit more about my students that I wouldn't otherwise get to see in the classroom. It forces them to move out of their comfort zone a little bit, take some positive risks and you can learn a lot about a kid in, in watching them succeed there and sharing those triumphs with them. And then at the end of the year we have our Greek plays. Uh, and that's an opportunity to get, see them get up on stage and perform and really take ownership of a production uh, in a way that, that I think they find deeply gratifying and I do as well to be able to help them through that process. So as we said uh, at the outset here, you're now balancing your work as a teacher with your work as a writer. And I yeah. wonder if you can talk about that, uh, sort of having you know, two, uh, two jobs that some would say are full-time jobs. How do you, how do you juggle that? Um, it's sort of a precarious balance, but um, thus far I haven't worn out yet. So for me, it's still exhilarating. For me, it's you know getting to go home every day and switch into author mode and read my author emails and interact with all my uh, writing friends after a day of uh, full day of teaching is not onerous. It's not tiring. It's uh, 
uh, it's energizing. And so I think I'm still in the honeymoon period of that, even though I'm already on book two, and I'm hoping the honeymoon never ends. Uh, but I can imagine at some point just crashing, uh, but I don't foresee that in the near future. Uh, so I'm going to enjoy the ride for as long as I possibly can. Fantastic. What, what would you say is the most challenging part of trying to uphold both those roles? It's the time management uh, piece. Um, and I've had to sort of on the fly figure out what the best schedule is for me. And it's writing during the summer so that I can concentrate on teaching during the school year. Um, I don't generate any new material as a general rule uh, when classes are in session. I can revise a little bit. I can do some publicity work. I can go on tour and, and do Skype chats and school visits thanks to the amazingly supportive administration here at Foot. Uh, but I find it mentally taxing or I find my brain scattered if I try to generate new manuscript material at the same time that I'm also lesson planning, grading, writing student reports, things like that. So I save all of that for the summer. And yet I know you're pretty committed to being a fifth grade teacher. And I wonder sort of reflexively, how does that uh, you know, experience that you've had in the last few years kind of then you know, come back and, and inform your work that you do as a teacher? Uh, I'd like to think that I've become a better teacher as a result of learning what it's like to be a writer. One of the things I've been able to see uh, now that I'm sort of in the authorly community is just how supportive other authors want to be for classrooms and classroom teachers. They want to offer free Skype chats and have been able to do that with my, with my students and some other authors. They want to send teachers ARCs, which are advanced reader copies of their books, so that we can check out new literature before uh, libraries even would get it or before the kids would have access so that we can sneak preview the, the stuff that's coming down the pike. Uh, they want to send book swag to kids, bookmarks, um, you know, postcards, things like that. Uh, so there's a lot of resources out there that I wasn't aware of until I became an author. Uh, so there's that, and then there's the other component of just being more interested in middle grade literature and reading more articles about it, things like that. I've revamped the reading system in my classroom. I used to do reading logs. Um, and the preponderance of uh, pedagogical research that's come out recently suggests that reading logs is not a great way to go. So I scrapped them. Uh, and I started uh, having my kids do what I call records, uh, though that's not the word R-E-C-O-R-D-S. Uh, it's actually a portmanteau of recommendation cards. And my kids basically do those, those index cards that you see in an independent bookstore. They hang those for whatever books they love. Uh, underneath their book bins so that the other kids can see what they recommend. That's been another thing that I've implemented since hanging out in a lot of independent bookstores and doing book talks around the country. So you find it pretty important that you still teach. This is a, a commitment for you. Absolutely. I am a teacher who writes, not the other way around, not a writer who teaches. Um, my, in fact, much of the inspiration for my books comes from my teaching. And so I think I would lose a real wellspring of ideas if I stopped teaching and I'd sort of just cast around for ideas, but my, my students inspire me every day in the little things they do and in what they find compelling. I can look at what they're reading and what they love and I can say, I want to write something like that too. Or I can look and see what they're missing. They say, is there a book like this? And I can say, is there a book like this? And they will, they'll say, no, I, I want a book like that. So I can say, OK, I can write that book.
Fantastic. Besides writing itself, Jake, what would you say has influenced your writing career? Uh, reading other books, I think every writer w would say that they've been immensely influenced by what they read as a kid, um, especially um, authors of children's fiction. So uh, my writing has been inspired by the books that I loved as a kid, which primarily featured uh, characters forced out of their comfort zone, but who are able to succeed because of their unique set of uh, emotions and limitations. Uh, we're doing The Hobbit as a read aloud in my classroom right now. It just so happens that's also my favorite book of all time. Uh, my kids voted for that one. I did not force that one upon them. They voted for The Hobbit. Um, and the, the track that Bilbo Baggins goes on, yes, there's dragons, yes, there's elves, yes, there's uh, amazing fantasy moments and wonderful descriptions in there. But the part that I find most compelling is that only Bilbo Baggins, only somebody who came from this humble, sheltered life would have the, the sense of perspective to step back from uh, his friends and their, their obsession with finding uh, their homeland and, and reclaiming their gold from this dragon in order to withhold the greatest treasure of all and give it to uh, um, ostensibly Thorin's enemies in order to save Thorin from himself. That sacrifice that Bilbo makes, even though he's sure it will destroy his friendship with Thorin, which, which he treasures, he's willing to make that sacrifice in order to save his friend. And it's those kinds of moments, regardless of genre, that I adore, that really spoke to me as a kid, and that I hope to try to pay homage to in my own writing. There are other influences out there for you? Uh, Tolkien is one, it sounds like, other influences? Yes, um, Philip Pullman's stuff uh, influences me. His, the Golden Compass series, the, uh, Lyra Balakwa, his main character, the narrative arc she takes is breathtaking, and I hope to be able to do that. I've, I've never gotten up the, the courage to write a series or anything with sequels to explore a, a story at that length, um, but it's those kinds of journeys that, uh, that, that really speak to me. Uh, in literature. Cool. What's on your nightstand, Jake? What are you uh, reading these days yourself? I have a hefty pile of books to be read. The one right at the top that I'm midway through is Jonathan Oxier's Sweep, uh, which has been um, released to rave reviews. It is fantasy. It's sort of Victorian fantasy in 19th century England. Uh, it's phenomenal so far, wonderfully written and, uh, and really lush and features a strong female protagonist who's going through the same sorts of, uh, sorts of narrative lines. Um, buried beneath that, at that, with about four or five more middle grade novels, uh, is, is actually a book for grown-ups. I've got The Martian uh, in there, and I have not read it yet. Uh, people keep recommending it to me and saying, oh, you've got to move it to, your top, to the top of your pile. And I say, okay, I will, I will. And then four or five more wonderful middle grade books come out, and I have to put those at the top of the stack. The Martian will, it'll come eventually. Got it. So I'd imagine that uh, reading, writing are both kind of ways that you recharge your batteries, despite the fact that you're, uh, you're also you know, uh, um, a teacher and, yeah. and reading a lot of your students' work and all yeah. that. How else do you um, just make life fun and explore things? Uh, I've got some hobbies uh, that I managed to sneak in here and there. Uh, I love games of all sorts, board games, uh, sports. I, I'm an avid Ultimate Frisbee player, though now that I've crested age 40, uh, my body will only let me do a certain amount of that. Um, uh, there are a few TV shows that, uh, that we like to watch. I'm a great British baking show fan, so 
uh, that's always exciting when a new season of that comes out. But um, we take some family vacations and, and do a fair bit of travel. We're going to Disney World later, uh, later next year, um, and that'll be great. So there are opportunities to, for R&R, &R, but even when I'm relaxing, even when I'm playing a game, I'm always thinking about, hey, how would this make a good storyline? Uh, or how can I bring this back to my classroom and, and use it in there to inform my teaching? So I'll close with my last question and just say, what's next for Jake Burt? Uh, next for me is the, um, we just finished copy edits on uh, The Tornado, which is the book that comes out in 2019, so we should be getting uh, cover art for that soon, and that's always a daunting uh, thing, equal parts exciting and terrifying uh, for any author. Um, uh, we're just about to start our unit on ancient Egypt in our classroom. Love teaching ancient Egypt, the, the mythology, the history of it, uh, and um, seeing what my kids can do artistically and in terms of critical thinking with the text we read there. So I'm very excited about that and uh, also looking forward to a nice winter break. Sounds like fun. Jake, thanks a lot for joining us and appreciate your time today. My pleasure.